I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Second Take Podcast. The 60s were great, but now I'm paying for it. And I'm Sebastian. What's that? And I'm Alex. I'm going to call you Antonio Banderas. And I'm Zancy Weber. And welcome to our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp, starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, Walton Goggles, Goggins, that's the one, Bobby Cannavale, Judy Greer, T.I., David Dastmachian, Hannah John Kamen, Abby Ryder Forston, Randall Park, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Lawrence Fishburne. Written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Paul Rudd, Andrew Barra, and Gabrielle Ferrari, and directed by Peyton Reed. Welcome back. How are we going? Do you remember that ad? No, not at all. I remember the joke from Scary Movie 1. I remember the joke. I don't remember the ad. The ad would never played in Australia. There we go. That's why that joke felt really confusing in Scary Movie. from Australia. (laughs) Welcome. It was a meme in Australia, though. Yeah. You're probably a bit young for it. So young. I was probably playing stickball. Is it the game? Yep. Ball. You're probably just touching yourself. Stickball. Yep. Is that what it sounds like? Yep. I suppose that could be a euphemism. Welcome to the show. So, firstly, Alex is back from the dead. Um, how were your Again. how was your voyage inside of a bear's ovaries? Yeah, I mean Was it ovaries or was it just to be a womb in general? You just said womb. You said it specifically, not me. Okay. So it wasn't well, his o- it wasn't the ovaries, it was specifically the womb. How was your journey through the female reproductive organs of a grizzly bear? Well, they were bearable. Uh... <laughs> it sounds like you're having a stroke. Uh... Don't look at me when you say things like that. Oh, but also don't look at me. Would I please? <laughs> Just stare at, the sk- stare at the sky. All right. Ant-Man and the Wasp. This was mm. a film. I think from, if I'm keeping track correctly, it's like film number 56 in the Marvel franchise. Does that wait, sound wait, wait, right? Wait. Not Jurassic World. No, we, we're not doing Jurassic World this year. <sighs> This is going to be a weird review from me. <laughs> Do you, I haven't seen it yet. Do you have any hot takes on Jurassic World? You will definitely uh, get your money's worth if you already have a streaming service and it comes to that streaming service in the future. So if you're paying no extra money for it, good job. Yes. Okay, interesting. Fairly, have fairly you seen accurate. it, so? No. Yeah. And I, I won't be. I was concerned when our, Alex and I have a diehard Jurassic Park friend who out of the blue messaged me saying, hey, I'm not sure if you're reviewing this film, but I would just wait till it's on DVD, which is a terrifying thing because since we started this podcast, I get almost every three, four months say, hey, I've noticed you haven't done Jurassic Park yet, text. And he's just like, don't watch this one. So mm. I was worried. But yeah, kind of like the opposite to gigantic dinosaurs, let's talk about tiny people. Ant-Man mm. and the Wasp. Incorrect. No, you don't want to talk about Ant-Man giant and the Wasp. Giant people. Is that what you're talking about? We're talking about giant people? No, I said small people. Yeah. And he's giant. He's both. <laughs> and then he, sometimes he's just like kind of small, like terrifyingly like 
nightmare-inducingly small Paul Rod, which I guess we'll get to during the review. Yeah, yeah, he is. But first, trivia. Anyone have any awesome facts about this film? Yes. This is the second Ant-Man movie in the franchise. I'm going to fact check you there against my fact of- Isn't that your job? Actually, I have- an even more useless piece of trivia than Alex. He can't outdo me. I have, in fact, this is a film. So. Well. Yep. That is being very liberal. (laughs) The game has been changed. (laughs) This film's title is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Also correct. Well. Very true. Good one. This is why people listen to Second Take. They want to find out the things that, you know, the media won't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. We part the curtain. There's no bullshit here. It's just all facts, evidence, and sometimes harsh judgment. Yeah. Sometimes. Does anyone have any actual r- helpful trivia? To be honest, I couldn't care less. <laughs> okay, Z- Zane? Yeah. <laughs> Director Peyton Reed, doing his research for this film, decided to go back and rewatch all of Michelle Pfeiffer's past movies because she plays such an integral role in this movie, right? <laughs> it sounds like he just wanted an excuse to watch Michelle Pfeiffer films. I mean, but then he told everyone, which is weird. <sighs> Whatever. Like, I don't, Wait, can we just get onto the, the bad about this movie? Because I've got some stuff to get off my chest. We've got a lot of steps to get to the actual review. Ugh. Was she the old lady? Yeah, the mum. Ah. Michelle Pfeiffer, she was... You know, who's been alone for 30 years and is just in pristine condition. Yeah. What was she eating? What was she eating? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she was eating, Alex. <laughs> Yeah. How was she combing her hair, Alex? How was she cutting her hair? Look, there's some things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, there are. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's going to be those one, one of those reviews. Yep. That's good to know. I'm just going to blanket it with magic and move on with my life, but we'll go to the next stage of the review. Yep. Um, anyone have, well, I guess, is it babies or tweets next? I mean, does it really matter? I don't think it's babies. babies. It's babies okay. next. Okay. I was, oh, yeah, you go. I'm going to start off because I only have one so far. <laughs> this, this and I'll a, get back to me. It's a two part yep. story. So, yeah. Um, been doing this for since we started, and I still don't know how to prepare. We're around the two year mark, I think. Mm, yeah, it's not something. Probably, I don't yeah. know. Um, so, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Start That's with. part one. Excellent. Zane? Is yours also going to be a Suicide Squad and the Italian Job? The really? which one? Which one? The new remake one. Oh wow! We saw this film very differently. I my first one's a cop out because Ant Man, but I went Ant Man and I Love You Man, the Paul Rudd, Jason Segel romantic comedy film. Wow, yeah. Suicide Squad. That's, yep, that's a. That's a thing. Okay. I recommended that. So, you know. That's another thing. I mean, thing. If, you want, if I want to be more forgiving of the film, I would say the first three episodes of the first season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, you know, I don't remember the them. bad ones. I don't remember them. Mm. I mean, I do. They weren't great. The, the show really picked up, like, I think, I want to say episode 16, when Captain Civil, um, Captain America Winter Soldier came out. But anyway. All right. Tweets. Then Zang can talk about the bad. What's my other movie? Ugh. <laughs> Is it The Goonies? Mm. No. No, I think I'm going to go with um, Thor. Okay. Yeah. Just any of them? Yeah. Yep. Just a Thor. Okay. A Thor movie. And your tweet. I Thor it. Um, <laughs> I Thor the movie. Unnecessary. 
you're unnecessary. It's like we've lost all chemistry as a group. <laughs> yeah, a little Instantly. bit. Instantly. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going through a bit of stuff at the moment. Um, so just deal Please with share it. on the film podcast if they're yeah. interested. Yeah, they are. They are. So, so go I'm, on. I'm buying a unit. That's exciting. And it's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Have you considered burning down all the other units? No. They're not done yet. And I want to wait. It might be easier to burn them down while they're not done because the fire co- the fire protection coating might not be put into the paint yet. That's a thing, right? Sure. Probably. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I could believe that. Um, tweet. Um, if you like Marvel movies and comedies, you're probably going to like this. But if you don't, you won't. Wonderful. There you go. <laughs> Zane? Hashtag totally unnecessary. Mine, mine was. Oh no, Seb's worried. It's been a while since Zane's had a bad reaction to a film. No, it hasn't been. It's been every superhero movie for the past six months. Um, mine was just Honey, I shrunk, I shrunk the script because it was a very basic film. It really was. It yeah, was that was it. Nothing, nothing too. You crazy. know what I liked? The suitcase building thing on wheels. That was fun. But Zane really needs to talk about the bad. Can we get this done? I want to end on a happier the note. The suitcase building on wheels. Tell me. When they shrink. They can they just like keep their density. I'm, I, I thought it during the entire film too. Yeah. All right. Good. So does that mean that glass still doesn't shatter? Or the the the, the, the loose bits of building fittings that are very clearly shown in the first level of that building don't like get thrown around when the literal building gets thrown around. Yeah. And, and I was now curious tell me, power. is Ant-Man <laughs> as strong as he usually is when, 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 and when he's small or is, and, and does that mean that he is not immensely stronger when he's huge? Um, these are things that were dealt with in the first movie a little bit enough that I could like go, okay, Hopefully we'll get more of the explanations of like the limitations of this magic power that he has science uh, in later movies. But this movie actually expands his power set and gives you no explanation. You know how in the first movie they couldn't they couldn't um, change the size of organic matter without like some sort of field around it. Yep. And then at the very end, an ant was just big. For no reason. I was thinking about that, And now in this movie, they have an army of giant ants that just exist and do exactly what they want all the time. My only guess is that, because I was watching too, I was like, wait, why didn't the ant explode? Exoskeletons? Maybe? I don't know. I was just just making up a reason. I was also like, oh, yeah, that ant should be goop right now. I guess it's mm-hmm. harder on the outside, so it's kind of like it's case. I'm, I'm stretching for the movie. There's with no, that one. there's no skeleton power. It's, I mean, <laughs> they literally make yeah. a containment field. The suit is a containment field, and he still needs it because he has to. His helmet just whips up when he needs to change size, and then whips down when they need to show Paul Rudd's face again. This felt like a poorly scripted, poorly executed. TV show filler episode between the main arc of of the TV series, which the I actually end. think's an advantage. But I'll I, I'll talk about why I think it being such a I'm not going to call it a throwaway, but you did a throwaway plot point of a film is a good thing. For one, it's where like the first Ant Man film fell into as well. It's literally like cool, cool bullshit's going on here. Let's take a breath. Take a pause. Not every film after you, especially even, after Avengers: Infinity War, we can't keep building up because we have we have Avengers next year as well. We can't 
keep building up and up and up and up because it's not going to work. You take a bit of a valley into it. And oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying it needed to be a Captain America Civil War. Mm. The first Ant Man wasn't a part of the overarching story. Yeah, it was, but it was separate. still a fun, entertaining movie. This one wasn't. This mm. was like. Chasing MacGuffin after MacGuffin after MacGuffin three times. And before I stopped counting, they're like, oh, no, this is a problem that we can't solve because of random reason. Mm. Ah, well, what are we going to do? Well, there is this one guy three times that happened in the first act of the movie. And I'm like, just get somewhere. I honestly, I, I liked the fact that like the villain took a very secondary role in this film, and it was the, here. Our mission is to get Mum back. That's where we're driving this film, and the villain came up as the obstacle to that. They weren't having to like quote say you know how like I want to do my thing, but oh now I have to save the world. Like it was a separate thing of like we're just trying to get my wife and your mother out of this place, and here are a few obstacles in the way. But it was very Isn't much it direct- funny when Paul Rudd pretends to be a girl. I didn't think that was meant to be funny. I mean, I think it was funny at the end when they were holding hands. I think there was any punchline to that whole bit, but I thought the rest of it was meant to be played mostly seriously. Well, it was. So it wasn't funny is my point. It wasn't meant to be. But it didn't strike me as particularly serious either because of Paul Rudd. I like Paul Rudd. I like Paul yeah. Rudd. Don't like him in this movie. I enjoyed that scene. Um, Again, same. is Paul Rudd really smart? Is he like an electrical engineer that uh, orchestrated these great heists that like put him in prison, or is he really dumb and just a jock that these nerdy science people talk down to all the time until they're in trouble and he needs to solve everything? To f- so, is he smart or I is didn't he dumb? Think he did anything that was particularly science smart, apart from when the mum was using him in the film. Not science smart, just any smart. Is like street smart, maybe, mm. or be able to get into places and out of places, or be trusted to like think of a way to execute something like the first movie. No, and no. then here the magic thing. Magic. Um, I was going to touch on the explanation between this being small and being big thing. That's why I actually ended up watching a video breaking down quote the science of this film before this film came out. It was trying. To, it wasn't a Marvel made one. It was just like talking about how from. Civil Captain America Civil War, what would how would if realistically if these things were possible, how they would work? Would he get how much stronger would he get from being huge just to being small and stuff? And quick version of it, pretty much as he's getting smaller, they worked out because of the muscle density, um, he would end up being like it was this odd, let's say rough numbers, but he'd be like 150 times the strength of what he was normal size. But when he gets big, obviously, because he's bigger like an elephant, like he's going to you know, get more strength, but it's not going to be as much strength as he would gain from becoming small because he's losing that muscle density and end up going like he'd be stronger, obviously, than a regular person, but end up hitting like 120 times stronger, which is still fucking heaps. But the point was, yeah, when he's smaller, he should be more powerful. And when he's larger, he should be less powerful, but also due to the size, he should be over-encumbered really sluggish and they made the point like he should get hungry like he should really lose power which is something that they kind of showed towards the end of civil war in that fight scene where he just after he got wiped out he was just done but they really showcased in this film like no there is a huge price physically that comes with him going huge we have that scene where he like you know Mm. he just passes out because he's just so overworked so i mean i'm not going to say this movie is accurate scientifically at all 
But it did play within the rules there. So I'm going to give it credit yeah. where it actually did something correct. Yeah, cool. I'm not saying everything else was legit, but I, I have no idea how Michelle Pfeiffer stayed alive. That's why I was like, yeah, she's, in a ma- yeah. she's literally in Doctor Strange's magic realm. So I'm going to just... No, he's, just, she's in the quantum realm. Which is exactly it's, Doctor Strange's magic area. No, he goes into other dimensions and draws power from there. The quantum realm is the basis of our reality. It's both. Doctor Strange in his film gets sent into there by the Ancient One and that's they're and meant to be the same way, place. He's, Michelle Pfeiffer was terrible in this movie. Oh, yeah. Everyone was terrible. Evangeline Lilly, terrible. The funny guy, whatever his name is. Michael Pena. Yeah. Terrible. No, I think he was. He I, was so bad in this movie, and I'm blaming the script. I actually liked that because obviously his joke is having like the run on sentence stories, blah 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 blah, mm. showcasing other people's mouth. I appreciated like last film they did I think like two or three times, and this film they they did it the one time, but they kind of made it the showcase of its scene with the yeah. truth serum thing. Yeah. So I I liked that because it was we've all seen this joke. There's, there's, this joke has its has as many legs yeah. as it comes with. Let's just do one. Let's make a note of it so it doesn't just like happen. Yeah. And then that's done now. We're going to start trying to tell different jokes with this actor because it's, yeah, it's like the Quicksilver running really fast in X-Men scene. Yeah. Really great in the first movie, but I think we all said in Apocalypse, it was still a fun scene, but it was definitely the, the shittier version of the, the first scene. Yeah. So it was like, let's not retread as hard, but everyone, you know, it's his, it's this guy's gimmick. It's his character. Let's yeah. mention like it him. and move on with our lives. I liked that. I didn't hate him. No, it was, it was fun. I like exactly the same as the first one. So yeah. like that I can't see why it would be any different. Except incompetent. He was never competent. He was though. never competent. But the other the guys, they helped him out. They 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 knew their stuff. They they yeah. in in the first one, they, they were integral in. part of the heist. The first heist. In this one, what they punched a guy and uh, got tasered, on TV. They tasered two guys. And then got on TV. Yep. Yeah, good. But I mean <laughs> There was a lot but everything goes back to the status quo and they got their account. That's the most important thing about this whole movie until you get to the post credit scene. I liked that this felt like a stupid Paul Rudd romantic comedy. And I'm, I'm, I mean, my assumption is that was planned. I hope that's not an after effect of the fact that Paul Rudd, well, I mean, Paul Rudd helped write this as well. So I think he kind of, he yeah. knows how he sounds. He knows his, you know, yeah. what he comes across as. The only thing that was really bad for me and like the standout bit for that being like a tonal issue was the very beginning of the film. I, I loved the fact that he was playing with his daughter and like that mock heist thing at the beginning. I thought that was really cute, but there was that bit where they took like the, the slippery slide down the house that ended up with him going out through the fence or whatever. And that part there, just watching that, I literally turned to who I was watching the film with and said, this actually just feels like a nineties or early two thousands Paul Rudd comedy film right now. Like this is, this is not, it felt so detached from anything I've seen in the Marvel franchise. Because he was so detached from everything else that was going on in the Marvel franchise. I accept your argument. I like that. But yeah, anyway, this doesn't say I didn't enjoy it. It just felt like, oh, this is really like a stark difference mm-hmm. for me. Like, I mean, I know they're all- Tony Stark difference? A tonal difference, uh, if you will. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, I know the films all have, they're all pretty fucking similar when it comes to their tone, but you I get mean, you get little it, like little variances here and there, but all in all, we can agree, like, mm. I mean, like, Winter Soldier had a very dark tone compared to the rest of the films, but even it has, like, that Marvel sheen to it. Who are you the most scared of in this movie? Scared of? Ghost. I uh, After she had her hand through Michael Douglas's throat. And didn't I, kill him? And didn't kill him, because I... Well, it's a kid's fucking film. Like, I accepted that. But I was terrified any scene that she would just, like, jump scare murder someone. 
So that was my only note of fear. I thought she was going to kill Lawrence Fishburne for a long time in the film. I thought they did a good job with that. But like yeah. that was her her being so sporadic. Yeah. That was kind of a, like a scary point for me. Yeah, she was pretty jumpy as well. Like she came across as quite insane. I won't say she was a great performance from her. Like she yeah. was fine, nothing great. She's she will, I will not talk about her after this film ever again. Yeah. Like that's I mean, what the kind of villain she was. I mean, but there no were moments of fear because she'll be fixed, right? Well, no, no, I mean, like I'm never going to refer to her as like one of the greats. Like when I go look back on the mm. bleh, Marvel villains, like she was bottom of the run for me. She's like not, the accuser. He's down there too, to be honest. But at least he had a little bit more character, I thought. But uh, I guess her. Um, that was about it, yeah. Just there are three villains in this movie. So there's the gangster guy, yeah, Morton Goggins. He was a comedy act, though. He was gangster ridiculous. Guy. And then the FBI guy, which again, comedy act, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't care. The I don't care about guy. any of this. The gangster one was the one that Hope was meant to be buying, like the the MacGuffin oh, thing off. Gang- I thought it was. I thought it was government. No, he but started he was working an arms with the government. Who works with the government? Yeah, right. Oh, so he's the hammer of of this film. Yeah, yeah. right. Originally, again, an Iron Man, him and Ghost are both technically Iron Man villains. Mm. Right. But, well, I mean, guy in a suit, villain. Yeah. I, mean, I thought Lawrence the same. It's just instead of like having blasters and being able to fly, he goes small and is able to fly. <laughs> I mean. I, do you want to give this film credit? When we got the reveal that Lawrence Fishburne was, quote, a villain, I had a huge eye roll because it's you know, one of those things like, who's the murderer? Is it our main character or the other one character they've met sort of thing? I never saw Lawrence Fishburne as a villain. Well, but the thing he is was like, assisting the villain, yeah, sure, but he was also saying no to the villain. Yeah, but that's why I want to say pay credit. When he was revealed to be a part of it, I was, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, of course, it was, you know, of course it's him because he's the only one we've met. But then they kept the character that instead of going, like they went for the reveal, but then they had that this character has like strict convictions that he's going to keep to. And I liked that they mm. didn't just make him become the villain from the last movie. Like he was like, mm. no, I'm literally just doing this for altruistic motives. This is it. And I don't want to, you know, I don't go after the little girl. Don't do this. Don't do this. I'm going to be the force of moral compass of this villain as mm. best I can. Even, oh, no, yeah. As they, opposed to just they being the mustache rolling, yeah. To replace um, Old Man when he dies. You reckon? Yeah. I mean, maybe. And yeah. that's. Guarantee he's going to die. Uh, I was surprised he lived through the last film, to be honest. Uh, no, he, he's got to live because he's got. It's, it's the Pym particle. You've got to keep him around for, until the third movie. Yep. Then he dies and the Mr. Goliath comes in. That's how uh, it works. You kill Obi Wan in the third movie, <sighs> so Luke learns nothing, right? <laughs> so I was. But I was happy with the. It's nothing, like I said, like Zane said, this film didn't really take many risks. But just the fact of, no, we're not going to go with the generic, it was me all along, blah, blah, blah. But they're going to, no, here's why. I'm going to explain it in very clear terms. And my character is going to go forward being a force for good, just one that you're, count, you're butting up against. So mm. for this script, that was nice because any other time this kind of movie, he would have literally put a top hat on and started twirling a mustache that he painted on. So props because that was the easiest step and they didn't do it. Um, what? Wait. I, but I, I don't agree. The end. So if he had just been, it was me, I'm the bad guy, it would have been better for you? Are you talking about Lawrence Fishburne? Yes. Again, I don't view him as even part of the villainy. He's just, he's just magic science man and he's just a magic science man that... It's made a deal with mm. assassin ghost woman. 
same way that Ant-Man has made a deal with magic science man number one, Hank Pym. Okay. Like, uh, he's just... So the three villains are who? The Ghost. arms dealer? Yeah. Ghost. And then the FBI guy. The, the Asian. Yeah. yeah. It's not a villain. Well, he's he's not a villain, he's but he's an paying antagonist. an antagonist to, to He's um, like, Scott. oh, I have to leave here now or otherwise this guy is going to put me in jail for 20 years. Roll I mean, my eyes. I don't know. I like that little people. subplot with him having to try and fool that, them to think he was home. But can, can I rank my favorite actors in this? Sure. I would love to hear it. The little girl. She's pretty good, yeah. Um, Are we Wu, going top to bottom or bottom to top here? Like top to okay, bottom. Yep. Her, Wu. Yep. And then um, uh, the stepdad. Or Is he kind of Ale? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the cop who's on the, the first film, the, yeah. The cop, but like the real, like, where all the family, like, let's hug it out. Yeah. Like, they were the the three funniest people for me. I wish he had more the cop because he was quite integral for the last film because yeah. of the home dynamic that they really went with. The first film was really, yeah. you know, the broken home story. Yeah. This film really did drop that, but there's a. That was the, that was last last film yep. story, so I get that. But I I would have wanted more time with him because he was a funny character in the last one, or like him just like turning up at the house, like just with like some beers and the the ants on the drum kit or something, and he's like, oh. <laughs> just something like that. That yeah. would have been like a great little like bit mm. for him. But yeah, they were they were my three favorite people in the entire film. Yeah, mm. I want to talk a little bit about the action if we can. Good or bad? Sure. I'm, I'm going to go with in bad. Some of it was fine. Good. Like no, I didn't hate all mm. of it. Mm. And like the when Wasp first gets into her outfit and tries to get that MacGuffin off the villains, that bit in that opening foyer, really good fighting. A really great you know fight choreography. Then we move into the kitchen, and there was just a couple of bits in the kitchen where I, I worked out exactly what it was. There were so many great bits where like we had Wasp on scene, like on shot with the bad guys and we're getting a real scope for size versus size, but there were so many throwaway shots of her just being tiny landing on the counter that it was literally like, oh, okay, something, something went wrong when you did this, the pacing was off and you've just added in these extra little shots here and there that have nothing else happening in them just for like poster shots pretty much. And it was, it was as good. Like the, I always look back to, for the Marvel franchise, the best action I've seen was in Winter Soldier at the best hand to hand combat Really nice fight choreography. Great. And what was happening was we never had these random moments where it would just show Cap like posing by himself during a fight. Like it wasn't, they yeah. would always have him on scene, go, 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 go. They didn't take these little like, I call them breathing moments that made it look like shitty CGI out of the blue. Like it just felt like they were slammed into the middle of the fight. So that kind of thing happened a few times throughout the film. It just took me out of it. In saying that, I liked just given the nature of the characters going from tiny to normal to giant, the fight scenes did have a couple of like nice little bits to them where you could flip the entire scope of them, which was nice. Was, mm. And I think technically better than the last film when it came to action, just because they were able to play around with all these different dimensions. And I think the last scene only really had him like punching a few guards and then the ending fight scene against the bad guy with the B, the B costume. So there wasn't really much. This film had a lot more in the way of action. It was just... Occasionally, they just drop the ball, and it was a letdown because it was always in the middle of fight scenes rather than just yeah. entire things you could discount. Like it would spoil every moment rather than it just take away and rest up one. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed 
putting in like the cars, making the cars shrink and grow. I thought that made for some really nice, like fun action scenes that you, I haven't really, well, I can't think of any other time I've seen that kind of thing used in a movie. Like it's something yeah. stupid. It's shrinking and it's cars. Like there's nothing genius here, no, it's, but it's saying you don't see in other movies. So just visually it's like, okay, this is a little bit interesting. You're playing with something yeah. that hasn't been done before, but I would have rather they went a little bit deeper, more interesting. Like, yeah, but it, it is what it is. Ant-Man, the last film was also just fine. And this film, for me, continued the trend. Like, they haven't done the thing where, like, lately Marvel movies for me have just been like, holy crap. I don't know how you guys keep hitting it out of the park. Like, I know Zane wasn't a huge fan of it, but Thor Ragnarok was hilarious. I like. I recommended that film. No, but like the comedy, I mean. You, That's yeah, true. But I'm recommending, I'm saying as a, as a comedy, it was gr- fantastic for me. Um, I loved Infinity War. I love um, Civil War. What was the last one as well? Doctor Strange was quite enjoyable too. Like most of the later ones have just been like next level great. This film feels like it came out in 2012. Like it feels yeah. like Marvel from six years ago, which it was fine. Mm. It's just they've been doing so well lately that it's just like, what happened here? It's not like you didn't have the yeah. time. None of these actors were in Infinity War. It's not like Paul Rudd was pulling double duty or anything. Yeah. Like if this was... If this was Thor, I could be like, well, Hemsworth was busy. I can, I can see why they wouldn't have time to, you know, tinker and make this perfect. But there was time here, which is mm. why it's a little bit disappointing that nothing crazy amazing happened. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd like to just talk about the, what's her name? The old lady. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Hated Janet that. Van Dyne. Why doesn't, why isn't she the Pym? She's a modern woman. I assume. I don't know. Well, Hope went by Hope Van Dyne in the last movie as well because yeah. she was against her father in, your, in kayfabe or whatever. But, yeah, I think it's just they were both experts in their field. So because they were, like, renowned figures, right. they got married, but she didn't change her name because she was, okay. you know, master physicist, whatever, Hope right. Van Dyne, you know. Fair enough. I assume. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just – I did not like that whole, like, I'm going to touch your forehead and, like, that just – like, I literally rolled my eyes. Yeah, me too. I agree. And especially when she called it evolution. And I'm like, you're a scientist. Well, at least you yeah. didn't say it was magic. Not a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Evolution is a scientific word, I will say, as opposed to her being like, it's love. <laughs> like that would have been the worst. It's the power of love, guys. Okay. I mean. Yeah, but there's a very different <laughs> thing in, in this nebulous thing called love. Could be anything. Yeah, Could yeah. be like the emotional feeling, the chemical feeling. Evolution is a very specific scientific yeah. process and theory. Mm. Yeah, just because you're you're sitting in a place and the place changes you, it's not evolution. Well, I mean, it kind um, of is. Did she evolve? She did like have, a Pokemon. She did have Probably. a, a Raichu style lightning. Maybe tail. she's no now a Kakuna. That's racist. I don't know. I mean. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm I'm doubling down. It's super racist. Good. I'm glad you know. I hope it turns everyone off this this episode, and no one goes see this film. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's character wasn't great. She's not. A sing- I mean, I, I'm well, sure she's been in films that I would appreciate her in. I just found her performance to be quite wooden. But honestly, she only had like the Orient Express. She was what? great. Oh, true. She wasn't that. No, she yep. was good. Yeah. I'm- I haven't seen it. She I mean, did only have like 10, 15 minutes of screen time in this film. So maybe name, not Name a couple of films that she's been in. Was she Catwoman? She was in Hairspray. As who? As uh, Miss Baltimore Crabs, whatever her name is, the Amber's mum. 
But was she uh, in, right. was she Catwoman in Batman? She was in the original Batman. Well, yes. Yeah. Because I always get her and the actress that played Batgirl about well, mixed up, but I think that was someone completely different. That's the one from Clueless. Right. Yeah. Um, she's okay. Oh, she was in Mother. She was good in Mother. She was in Dark Shadows, but that was a terrible movie. She's been in a lot. Personal effects, Sherry, Stardust, Hairspray, I Could Never Be Your Woman, where she played a love interest to Paul Rudd, just saying. Oh. White Oleander, I Am Sam, What Lies Beneath, The Story of Us, Midsummer Night's Dream, Deep End of the Ocean, Prince of Egypt. Like, she's done a lot. Was she in Troy? No. Okay. But yeah, I agree. Oh, well, I thought she was very dull. But like, once I just, again, she was on like, screen for 15 minutes, maybe. So I just, yeah. I like, there was no point in the film where I was like, I really want them to get her, like, to get her. Like, it, it always, it just felt like, yeah, we really need to do this. But like, something better was going to happen as a result of it, not like she's going to come back and use magic. Like, I had, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. The, well, the whole movie was playing on this this like dichotomy being Pim is right, Ghost is wrong. But at no point do you know that is true. It should have been Pim is 100% set on this and Ghost is 100% set on that. And it yeah. should be like, you don't know that that is going to happen. Mm. And you don't know that that is going to happen and you're both just working on best theories because there's no way that no one can ever know that these things are happening. Mm. You're literally performing an experiment that you've only done for a fraction of a second before and you're pinning all your hopes that everything just goes perfectly and the movie's playing out like you're certain that it's going to work perfectly and then it does work perfectly and I'm like, this is boring. This is boring to watch. There's no conflict here because you're all just saying that, oh, I guess... My magic is the same as yours, so I know how it's gonna work. Magic, mm. yes. But the, and what I'm saying is, there is no different to a Deus Ex Machina than just like magic works. Jazz hands. Yeah, I think what's important here is to look at this PG film and think there have it's been for kids. Marvel movies that are PG before this. But like, let's look at the demographic here. We have so much focus going on with Scott's little girl like we had in the first film. Like this More film of her, is specifically please. I know she's great, but this film is that's their market. Let Ghost kidnap her. Mm. And let her do something cool to get out of get rid of Ghost. Give her like one of those size discs that shrinks Ghost. Good. Let the girl do something. Something that isn't 100% predictable from the very start of this movie. So you say predictable, and I'm not going to argue and say it's not predictable, but I just see the film for what it was. It's a kid's film, and I'm not going to go in and watch Toy Story. It's a terrible kid's film. Yeah. How do you guys find the opening of the film? Like the very opening. I like. How did it go? It was just um, Hope and um, Hank having a chat about what happened in the last film and why Hank thinks that they can now get their mother back uh. or get their, oh, his wife back. I really liked it as I think it's one of my favorite, like Marvel, like pre title, like opening sequences. Cause I actually thought it was really touching. Like yeah. I got my goosebumps going. I was quite sad during it. I was like, this is a great story. Cause this is telling me right now, this story, regardless of the villain we get, regardless of how big or how small Ant-Man grows is 100% the story of a family aiming to reunite with each other. And yeah. I loved it. It was nothing, like I said, once again, nothing breathtaking, 
but the performance that I got from Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lee in that got me really excited going into the beginning of this film because I'm like, this is great. This is something I haven't seen before from the Marvel franchise. They're just telling a story of a family coming together and that's something that's new and exciting for this yeah. world. I I liked that. I wish it was, um, I guess, I wasn't convinced. Does that make sense? Like, because... Like I didn't, I didn't hate it. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but like at the same time, like it, it felt bland. Like, well, compare. And like, I, I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. Like compared to some of the movies we've seen, like where they Thor. have like, these amazing grabs. Like this is the movie, like, Thor, like captured by the fire gods, spinning around on the chain. Like yeah. this is a really, really fun grabbing moment to bring you into it. Yeah, and I or, agree. Like this is not a very not, exciting not only, one. Not only that, but like the the whole like they they set that up for the rest of. The, like that is what the movie is about, get bringing the family back together. But um, in Thor, for example, when he, you know, needs to prove himself to be worthy to pick up the hammer and then he actually he does that convincingly to me, mm. whereas in this it was, you know, let, let's shrink that, let's just make this bigger, let's, you know, let's, let's do this, yep. like just because we have to. Like, it's popcorn. Let's do this because we don't want Ghost to do her thing. Yeah. That's more what it felt like rather than like let's do this so that we get my mother back yeah that, that's just how it played out for me no, I, know I get that, you yeah, like, yeah other people are going to disagree but that's fine no i can i i yeah. don't think you're wrong i i did feel more mm-hmm. of a driving force of this film like like i said because the villain was really just like i just want to not be sick like so yeah. it was very pure and honest motivations like i'm i'm a villain because i'm going to do bad things mm. But here is a legitimate reason as to why I'm doing it, and it's, I'm not here to rule the world. I'm not here to gain power to rob people. I'm just here for my Deadpool two. Deadpool two, yeah. Whereas in this, and but then you've got on the other side, these guys don't actually care. Like if Ghost yeah. didn't interrupt them, that this isn't a case. Like this is a person with powers; they're unchecked. We need to cut them. None of that shit. It's just like we just want to bring our family back together. This person wants to potentially put that at risk, so we need to stop them from doing that. But we're never gonna. We're never pursuing them. Yeah. We just want to stay away from them to get our job done because our job isn't to defeat this person, to incapacitate them. We don't care. Mm. We're just here to get mum back. And I appreciate that they weren't act, being active heroes in that sense. Like they never actually do anything heroic in this entire film. It's just, this is our goal. Let's play keep away to, and not yeah. you know, go out and you know, try to fight crime. Like <clears throat> We're not Spider-Man. We're not Captain America. Yeah. We're just a family trying to become a bigger family. Yeah. And it's my from a point of difference. This is what the kind of thing I would expect from say a Hawkeye film if they were telling it when he's like not in Shield, like as the character yeah. as he is. I wouldn't expect him to be the one running the streets, taking out villains because you know I'm Batman. You know yeah. he's doing it for some personal reason to protect people rather than to fight people. And I, I just like I said, there's a point of difference. I like that. Is That's there fair. any final notes anyone wants to make before we move on to verdicts? Oh wait, so we've spoken about everything good. Uh, we've just been really talking about what's good in Having ref- a discussion. Yeah, really? gross. No, you don't. No, okay. Yeah, we'll- was that your was that your recommendation, or was that you saying you have nothing else Both. to say? I heartily encourage people not to see this movie. It achieves nothing. It adds nothing to the story of the characters or the Marvel universe overall. You can skip this movie entirely, miss nothing. Alex, I'm going to say yes. Um, this film wasn't horrible. It's not my favorite Marvel film. They've definitely done better, but at the same time, it does. It's a it's a kids movie, and I think coming at it with the mindset of like, let's go and see a Marvel film that I can watch as a 
child, fun. Like, I'll say Spider-Man Homecoming was also rated PG. Just saying. I will say a much better film it was. Definitely. I contended for my favorite Marvel film ever. Recommended that. Yeah. I I can recommend this. So I I just want to say kids' movies are not a crutch to rest a bad movie on. No, no, it's not. not. But it, it does... Give a reason as to why they didn't go hardcore into the science as mm. to why this works and why that doesn't work because that wouldn't be good for a kids movie. It would be satisfying for an adult. They literally didn't go into anything about science right at the start when the the cop was telling um what's the kid's name? Wait, this movie or Spider Man? This, this movie. They did mm. it at the start. Wu was oh, telling that was gr- yes, yeah, her, like, yeah. Th- that is the exact premise for the film. Yep. As in, like, like not going into. Let's not do serious, this exact yeah. thing that we're doing in this scene because yeah. you can see how just yeah disjointed yeah. it is. Yeah. Um. As for me, actually, we didn't really bring it up in the proper review, but I laughed a lot in this film, which is nice because I fifty fifty with some comedies. I might not laugh at all, or I might laugh the entire time, and I, not every single joke hit me. But I didn't have mm-hmm. any groan moments. I didn't have any. The only eye roll moment I had was with freaking her mom coming back and using Jesus magic to save Ghost, yeah. like. Yeah. So that aside, though, I just had a good time. Like, I didn't have to think. I wasn't lost in my own thoughts because I was not being so detracted from the film. Like, it was just yeah. to sit down, have some popcorn, and relax and have a good time. Like, yeah. I'm not going to – like, in it the was, grand scheme of things, this is going to end up towards the bottom of my pile for, like, best worst Marvel films. But it's not yeah. the worst Marvel film. Like, no. Thor, Thor The Dark World for me is just a, a clear cut. This is a badly made film that I cannot enjoy. Whereas this film is just, yeah, bottom middle mm. area. Absolutely fine. I laughed. I enjoyed the characters. And, I mean, it lived up to the expectations of the last one. I will say the last mm. one did a bit more fun things when they were tiny. So just on a yeah. filmmaking aspect, the last film, I think that little injection of Edgar Wright really went a long way in utilizing what they could do. And this yeah. film did play it safe. But the fact is it played it safe so it didn't fuck up for me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not my strongest of recommendations, but it does get a tick. So, yeah. Good. Whereas I can no longer say that I like all Marvel movies better than all DC movies. What was the one that you preferred? You Man didn't... of Steel over this any day. Of the oh, week. I was going to go because you didn't recommend Wonder Woman either, did you? So it's just Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'll say I Wonder don't... Woman better than this any day of the week as well. I will say I don't like Man of Steel as a story. I don't like the character, but it's a much better made film than mm-hmm. this film. But Man of Steel, honestly, is a much better made film than a lot of the Marvel films. It's just. As a story, I'm just talking about me. Yeah. films I would prefer to watch. Like this oh, is yeah. very close to the bottom of the list. Okay, like I didn't laugh, giggle, or even smile once. And it was halfway through, I was like, when it was when Michael Douglas got back into the car after being rescued from the police, and it was like, can you two stop making eyes at each other before they start shooting at us? And I'm like, this is. You're all making the exact same joke, just in different orders. Yeah. So, as I, uh, so disappointed. All right. Well, we had a spitballed an idea for a new ending way for the show. Getting rid of the um the pitch. I haven't run it by you though, Alex. And now I can't find the note that I wrote down. Do you remember Zane? Notes from the studio. Is that what we're doing? Is that what it was? I can't. I don't know. I don't know what you wrote down. Do you mind you just, were writing things down. I didn't. Let's just. Do you mind just pausing for a second while I go through these pages? Sure. So I can just why find not? it real quickly without having. All right. I remember the thing. All right. So we're introducing a new uh, concept. We're getting rid of the pitching a sequel, prequel, or remake because 
I've been doing it for two years and I super duper hate it. Yeah. Instead, um, the host that was uh, introduces the episode that we're in will then pick a character from that film that they put forward and then the week after another host from that film picks one and they have to explain why who they think out of the two would win a fight. Other two hosts uh, weigh in with their yes or no's as to whether they agree that person would win and the idea is we carry over a champion into the next film and then idea is at the end of doing a series of movies we're going to have an overall like film death battle champion just to, just to see who we could see being like the alpha from all movies that we've reviewed. This is going to be really interesting when we get to like a soft rom-com. It is. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very excited. So I choose the... But at least the we might be able to kill Adam Sandler a few times. Exactly. Fingers crossed. So tonight, today's will be a little bit boring, but I'm going to go ahead and say I pick Scott Lang's Ant-Man. Sure. So I'm picking him because lead character can grow real big, can grow real small, and he's very charming when he needs to be. And I believe our next review that we're going up will be Jackie Brown, in which Zane, who'll be running that review, will, between here and there, think of who he thinks is a contender. And next episode, he'll explain at the end why he thinks whoever that is could defeat Ant-Man in a fight. We vote. The winner moves on to the next review, which is going to be hilarious seeing any of these people possibly fight anyone from Mamma Mia. Here we go again. So we're going to get real soon to that fighting a romantic comedy thing. Like, real soon. So, yeah. So... That's our, our current reigning champion of one one review is Scott Lang. All right. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get yeah. in contact with us, there are a number of ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is secondtakepodcast.com. Or you can email us because we have one of those things. We are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And always we've got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash second take. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure, that yeah. one. Or Second Take Podcast, you you find it. Yeah. And Twitter, at Second Take TNC. Or we we have an Instagram, funnily enough. Sometimes we post video. No, well, actually, we no videos. No videos of some pictures, yet. though, that are funny. <laughs> there was, there was a, quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, I got bored. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash second take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. And it's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once you hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Uh, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extra series for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons because I can't watch them until then. It's true. We're not it's, allowed to watch any yeah. movies unless we're reviewing them. <laughs> and and yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to that's not kind of productions.com, which is the mothership for all of the other po- all of our other podcasts. Yeah. yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. <sighs> and maybe just one day... There'll be solo podcasts that we do. That solo you can find podcasts, there. yeah, where we just talk at ourselves. Yeah, yep. The good. best kind of Fun. podcast, no interruptions, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none I'd of none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, "That's that's not true. <laughs> that's not how that works." Just because it's you in the room by yourself, Seb, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. Good, good. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks very much for listening. And go. 
do all the things on social media. Hooray. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.